Should my raw materials come from the UK if I want to label my product as made in Britain? What is the answer? Let's find out. You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me every Tuesday and Friday when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice on making in the UK. Let's crack on with the show. Welcome to episode 99 of the Make It British podcast. I am sounding a little bit bunged up today because I've got a bit of a cold. I hope it gets better before I record the big 100 for you um, ready for next week. On today's episode, which is the penultimate one before the big 100, I want to give you a little answer to a question that many of you have been asking, and that is, Should my raw materials come from the UK if I want to call my product British? Now, it's a really good question and it is one that comes up so often because it can be so confusing. You know, for instance, a lot of people think, well, if something's made from cotton and you're calling it made in the UK, but we don't grow cotton here. How how can that be made in the UK? You know, same with chocolate. We don't grow cocoa here. So nothing, no chocolate is truly British. Now, I think probably someone like Montezuma's would disagree with you on that one. So technically, if a product has its raw materials imported from overseas, but its construction or the bringing together of its constituent parts all happen in the UK, then it can be labelled as made in the UK. Now, that simplifies it quite a lot because there are more things that go into it than that. But the the nuts and bolts of it, to excuse the pun, is that if the parts are from overseas, but the product is actually put together in the UK, then you can call it made in the UK. So, for instance, if raw cocoa for the chocolate has been grown overseas, but it's been formed into a bar of chocolate here in the British Isles, then you'd call that British chocolate. And someone like English Fine Cottons, for instance, can say that the Sea Island cotton that they use to spin their English cotton, fine cotton yarns from, of course, that doesn't come from the UK, but they bring it in as the raw fibre and then spin it into a yarn at their mill in the north of England, producing their fine English cotton. So even though the raw material comes from overseas, it's been transformed into a different product. And if you actually see that product, you'll understand you can't weave sheets for shirt shirting or something from the raw cotton. You have to process it. And that's where the spinning takes place. And that is why you would call that made in the UK. Let's think of another example, say um, a beauty product that all of the different parts for that, maybe the aromatherapy oils come in from overseas, but they're mixed together here and bottled here in the British Isles. Then, yes, you call that made in the UK. What you can't do is import a bottle of ready mixed product, for instance, slap a label on it in Britain or spin that yarn overseas and then 
wrap a label around it and call it in the main in the UK. And I have actually seen that being done in a mill once where they were just taking a big cone of yarn and spinning it into balls and wrapping a strap around it and calling it made in the UK, which is shocking. And it does happen. Now, where it gets tricky is when something that is substantially transformed and has the same end use, but you're actually transforming it quite a bit here because the way that they decide whether something's made in the UK is whether a last substantial change took place. So what do you call that substantial transformation? And I think yarn is an interesting example here because say you've got a yarn that's spun overseas, but then it's beautifully hand dyed in the UK and a lot of value is added by that hand dyer. It's probably taken them hours to dye it and it has completely changed it and made it look completely different. So you've taken quite a basic yarn, which is very plain and, and white, and you've transformed it into something very beautiful. It's probably doubled or tripled in value by doing that. That's where the value is added and that is where it becomes a little bit more difficult. This is why... Because this whole area is quite murky and muddy and people don't quite understand it. This is why so many more people are starting to show the provenance of their products in much more detail. Because they can tell the story behind their product and they find that more important than just slapping a label on. So they explain what their supply chain is where the various different components have come from, and they've let the buyer then make the decision about whether they think that product is British enough for them. Because one person might want to buy something that is British and have every single little part of that made or grown or developed in the UK, whereas for, from others, just the putting together and the final processes being done in the UK is enough. And I think this is becoming much more important. Just like we've seen a huge growth in slow food, we're now starting to see that in, in fashion and other products that people are buying, that people want to see a smaller carbon footprint from the products they're buying and they want traceable supply chains. So if you're going to buy leather shoes, do you want to know what herd the leather has come from for those shoes? And we're it's definitely seeing that. I'm having people that are calling me saying they want to get raw materials that are traceable and that are from the UK because that is what they want to make the USP of their brand. Similarly, with something like cotton, English fine cottons, they spin the cotton here. And if you go on their website, it tells you the full story of the provenance of the raw material that they bring in to spin. And I predict that we'll see much more detailed labelling on the products that we buy, just like we already do in food, but we'll start seeing it in other products. And I think that people will not necessarily just want a made in the UK or a made in Britain label on something, because that is important, but they want something more, something in addition. They want to know who made it, what it's made from, and exactly where all those raw materials came from. So that it's almost a badge of honour to be able to say that the product that you've got is truly British. And we'll start seeing people that are much more passionate about exactly where their product is made. And if you listen to my episode about Brit washing a few episodes ago, then that's 
partly why, because anyone can actually just stick on a Made in Britain label. They shouldn't do, but they do because there's no way that it's properly policed at the moment. So brands have to find other ways of getting the message out about exactly how their product was made. And I think that's going to become so much more important. So to answer the question, should your raw materials come from the UK if you want to label your product as British? Technically, no, they don't have to, but it might be a little extra something that you do want to consider if you want to give your British made product true provenance. So I hope that's helped. I hope my cold is not sounding going to sound too bad on the recording of this podcast. Uh, It's going to be better by the time I record episode 100, I'm sure. So I'll be with you in a few more days for the big 100. What have I got lined up for that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally. So don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live. And if you enjoyed the show, I would really love it if you left me just a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.